ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Good afternoon. This is The Drive. I'm Bill Cornwell in for Paul Swan. I'll be with you today and tomorrow. We're going to take the 4th of July off like most folks do. And then uh, Adam Spanky Rogers will be in on Thursday and Friday. So we'll have you covered this week and the uh, on here on The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 AM 930. Reminder that uh, some Pirates baseball coming up tonight. The the Buccos uh, did not have the greatest weekend in San Diego, but they will be making the move up the coast to Los Angeles tonight to take on the Dodgers. Uh, that game will get underway at 10-10 at Chavez Ravine Dodger Stadium, and that means we'll be on the air with the pregame at 940 from the Pirates Radio Network right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. A lot to talk about today on The Drive, and first off, uh, we will talk about some uh, breaking news from the Marshall Athletic Department. Kind of a surprise here, but Marshall is looking for a new softball coach, and this kind of comes suddenly. Uh, just It's been uh, just a little under a couple of months since the season ended for the Thundering Herd. It ended in the uh, Conference USA Softball Tournament as the Herd lost its opener to Western Kentucky. And... Uh, Looked like Jen Steele and her uh, squad was still uh, going to be intact and that she, her coaching staff was going to be intact. Matter of fact, uh, I think they'd had some uh, softball uh, camps uh, in the last month and uh, they were handed, uh, handled by Jen Steele and her staff. But uh, we get a statement. Uh, matter of fact, this statement was released about an hour ago from the Marshall Athletic Department, and I will read it. Uh, Quote, head softball coach Jen Steele will not be returning to Marshall University. A national search for the next head coach is underway. We will refrain from further comment until a new head coach is named. So that's a pretty boilerplate statement from the Marshall Athletic Department, really not giving any details. Did uh, Jen Steele resign or was she fired? Uh, it really doesn't say, just says he's not going to be returning. I'm sure uh, later on we'll get maybe a, a few more details on this situation. And uh, it's kind of a surprise and kind of sad because uh, all of a sudden you're going to have, uh, for the uh, younger players on this uh, softball program, you'll have a third head coach it is in three years coming in when a new coach is hired. Of course, uh, Marshall uh, missing Sean Stanton, who had a great career at Marshall. Left after last season and Mar when Marshall got into the NCAA tournament. And she is now the head coach at Indiana University. Had a solid first first year with the Hoosiers. And uh, no doubt that she will, uh, with, with her great coaching ability, will have a solid Big Ten program there at IU in Bloomington, Illinois. Or Bloomington, Indiana. But uh, Marshall, uh, not... A horrible season this year, but uh, they ended up 25 and 29 on the season. But that certainly, at, on face value, would not give one pause to consider it a failure of a season. Uh, Marshall played a pretty tough schedule, uh, a very uh, competitive league this year in Conference USA. Although it wasn't a league that was full of 
high-quality teams as it was last year uh, when they had multiple teams in the NCAA tournament this year. Not not the case at all. Uh, but, uh, matter of fact, I think the only team that went was the uh, champion, which I believe was La Tech, maybe. Uh, and the only uh, the year before, there were like three teams from Conference USA that went to the NCAA tournament. Not so this year. But Marshall's still 25-29, and 29, close to a, a 500 record, and it just really didn't uh, – uh, stick out in your mind here that uh, Marshall would be parting ways with Jen Steele. And again, the, the timing is rather weird because, again, it, it's been almost two months since the season ended and uh, they have had off-season workouts. They've had uh, camps going on at the uh, softball complex at Marshall at Dot Hicks Field. And then we get this announcement today that Marshall – is looking for a new head softball coaching, and no word given to us. Was uh, Jen Steele fired after one season? Did she resign after one season? Was there extenuating circumstances for her departure? Again, maybe we'll find out about that just a little bit later. But uh, tough call there, and uh, you certainly hope that Marshall will uh, make a solid hiring. This might be a tough time to find a hire, as far as uh, a lot of uh, jobs have been filled in the off season already, those are in place. Is what's the the quality of a uh, coach going to be at this point? Are you going to find someone who's decent uh, who uh, can uh, take up the mantle of this softball program? Because this is not your, your everyday softball program. The Marshall softball program is used to some success on the field. They're used to winning ball games. They're used to winning championships uh, under Coach Sean DeStanton. They even developed a bit of a uh, habit of getting in postseason play in the NCAA tournament. So uh, there are high standards with uh, the Marshall program, and they do expect things to be done at a high level. But uh, nonetheless, Marshall is looking for a new softball coach, and hopefully that will become sooner rather than later because, as we mentioned, uh, you do have off-season activity going on. You'll have a fall softball schedule of some sort. You do play some fall ball before the Christmas break uh, takes place, and you have to have coaches in place, administrators in place to put that schedule together, let alone the schedule for next season. Marshall does have uh, good uh, folks involved with their Olympic sports as far as the the running of them, but uh, it's kind of tough at this point not to have a head coach there, so that'll be a a job for Mike Hamrick and the Marshall administration to look for that new softball coach, and they do say as as they always do, and, and hopefully that's the truth. National search for next head coach. It says they say their way. No doubt getting nationally. If it hasn't been posted already, it will be posted as we speak. So uh, uh, unusual news there and uh, tough standards to meet. But Marshall expects success in their softball program as right now really uh, most of the programs uh, – with a few exceptions, there's been a lot of success. You know, certainly the there is uh, 
struggle with the baseball, and this was a struggling year for baseball, especially because of the injury bug. But um, good things are on the horizon for this baseball program, and even better things because, you know, a lot of maybe not been said about it, but there are plans on the table. There are plans even in the office of athletic director Mike Cameron for a baseball uh, heard fans uh, get ready to dig deep again. Of course, Marshall fans dug deep uh, with the uh, capital campaign that uh, helped pay for the uh, indoor uh, pr- football practice facility and all the associated facilities there. Also, some other improvements at Marshall. Well, there's going to be another one of those campaigns uh, coming up. Of course, they called that the Vision Campaign. I don't know if, don't know if they're going to call this Vision 2. But uh, there's always that possibility because there will be another capital campaign. And one of the key things that it is going to bring, uh, especially when they get a site confirmed, possibly near campus, money is going to be produced through that capital campaign to build a uh, baseball complex for Marshall. Long sought, long needed. Now, I know a lot of uh, fans uh, have told me and have made comment to me, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when we're close to it. I'll believe it when I see dirt flying, when I see steel going up, concrete being poured. You know, your uh, lack of belief in this uh, certainly is uh, not unwarranted based on past experience, but uh, they do seem to be ready to move with something in the Marshall Athletic Department. Uh, I'm not sure when they're really going to kick this off and when they're going to get the uh, campaign underway, but uh, the plans are in place to get this going but first off they got to hire a softball coach so again if you're just uh, tuning in to the drive Jen Steele is not going to be returning as Marshall softball coach after one season again strange timing since it's uh, been almost two months since the end of Jen Steele's one and only season as head coach of the herd she was 25 and 29 in her first year at Marshall uh, certainly not the uh, conference uh, record that the herd usually gets. Uh, they were a little bit lower in the total poll. They did uh, make the uh, conference tournament but lost in the first game to Western Kentucky. So search on for a new coach at Marshall for softball. Time to take our first break this afternoon and when we come back we're going to talk about the big story for the weekend and that is the king is gone Long live the king, but he's going to be long living in Los Angeles, not in Cleveland. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about LeBron James. We'll talk a little bit of LeBron James, Cavalier basketball, when we come back here on The Drive. Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 521 on The Drive on this second day of July 2018, uh, Bill Cornwell in for Paul Swan. Reminder, um, of course, our sister station, the dog, is having dog dazzle tomorrow night. Big party out on the riverfront at Harris Riverfront Park. We certainly encourage you to get your free tickets for it. Uh, all kinds of places throughout the tri-state to pick them up. Get them at McDonald's. You can get them at Food Fair, Kentucky Farmers Bank, uh, Go Mart locations among those. And uh, we have tickets at those places. If uh, you want to go tomorrow night and you don't have your tickets with you, you have to pay to get in. But uh, no excuse for that. So grab those free tickets, and we'll see you out on the riverfront tomorrow night. we got four musical acts, and then our biggest fireworks show ever for Dog Dazzle. 
Uh, just uh, getting you ready for the 4th of July, just one day early. So uh, hope to see many of you. Last year, over 17,000 folks showed up for Dog Dazzle, and we want to see even more uh, on the site next or t- tomorrow night for a big night. Uh, the gates are going to open at 5. Our first act will be uh, starting to play at 5.30. Of course, it all wraps up with our headline act, Chris Lane, tomorrow night. Uh, about 8, 8.15 or so, followed by the fireworks. So looking forward to a big night uh, tomorrow night. Hope you're going to join us over at the riverfront for a big night as we celebrate America, we celebrate our tri-state area, and we're going to have a, a, a big time. Again, get those free tickets at those places that I mentioned. Of course, um, it was a work day today. I know many of you have been trying to find a way to get a extra days off because of the 4th of July being in the middle of the week. But uh, for most of us, it was a work day, and that means that you didn't get to sit around and watch soccer today. There were more knockout round games in the World Cup in Russia, and uh, the team I like to call America's second team, of course, since uh, Team USA wasn't in the World Cup this year, a lot of people were rooting for uh, our neighbors to the south, Mexico. Well, Mexico is done. They did get into the round of 16, the knockout round, but they were defeated today by Brazil by a score of 2-0. And Brazil will be playing, not surprisingly, Belgium uh, on Friday in the round of eight quarterfinals of the World Cup. But Belgium had to fight for their lives to beat Japan today by a score of 3-2. All five goals were scored in the second half, and Belgium scored its one stoppage time. Three minutes into stoppage time, Belgium gets the winning goal to beat Japan 3-2. Japan had a 2-0 lead after about uh, 12, 13 minutes of the second half, but Belgium comes from behind to get the win. So that means Belgium and Brazil will play in the quarterfinals on Friday in the round of eight. Well, of course, over the weekend, everybody was on the hunt. Um, What's LeBron going to do? Is he going to stay in Cleveland, is he going to move on? Well, we got the word on Friday that he opted out of his contract in Cleveland, which meant he was a free agent, and it did not take long. Did not take long for him to make the decision. He goes to Los Angeles. He and his uh, uh, folks uh, who are involved with his management, they meet with the Lakers, they meet with Magic Johnson, and then they tweet out the message on Saturday evening that LeBron James is now a Los Angeles Laker. The King is headed west. He signs a four-year deal. The reports say that the deal is worth $154 million. Four-year, $154, $153. Some folks have that that figure. And he is going to be the leader of the band. I guess he's going to bring Showtime back to Los Angeles and to the Lakers the way it used to be, you would think. Now, there's a lot of things behind LeBron's thinking. Obviously, he's hoping that Magic Johnson brings on some uh, other parts that will make this a fun and a competitive team because with uh, with LeBron alone, uh, I just don't think that that they have any chance to compete with the Warriors. Uh, uh, There's some good young talent on the Lakers team, but not the kind that – LeBron would expect and need to compliment him if they were hoping to uh, compete immediately with the Golden State Warriors. But um, 
we'll see what uh, the Lakers, Magic Johnson, do. Apparently they do have a little bit of cap space that they can make the move, even though they sign LeBron to this gigantic deal. So uh, all you fans of the Lakers in the past who've kind of shied away from them, stepped away from them in recent years, I'm hearing a lot of comment, we're back. We're rooting for the Lakers once again, and we're hoping Showtime is back. I'm sure that uh, the super fan of the Lakers, Jack Nicholson, I'm sure he's excited about this. Uh, um, He he may have got so excited he may have bought another courtside seat uh, because he's always been a a fixture at those Lakers games. He loves the game and uh, does not miss. But he's going to get to see LeBron in all his glory. Of course, LeBron has some other reasons to move to L.A. Uh, A lot of folks talk about for his family. Uh, His son, LeBron Jr., is an outstanding basketball player. Chance to go out there and possibly uh, go to a a prep school or a basketball situation that will really help his career, be it college or pro. Uh, So LeBron Jr.'s uh, consideration is probably part of this. Also, uh, many of you may know, maybe you may not know, LeBron is big into TV and movie production. Um, LeBron was one of the producers of the TV show The Wall on NBC, and uh, he's been involved in some movie production, some other TV shows as well. And um, being out there in L.A., being right there where it all takes place, where all the work takes is done, well, uh, that's just a natural if you want to be in this business. If you want to be a player in show business and you want to be in the production end, well, that's what LeBron wants to be. So it makes sense for him to be in L.A. along with the basketball and the, the family considerations. Uh, LeBron's always had a home out in Los Angeles, and apparently this, the, when uh, he's not been involved with basketball, that his family has spent a lot of time in L.A. So it's, this is nothing new. It's not like they're going to foreign territory. Uh, it's just a new basketball home. It is not a new home necessarily. So what's going on in Cleveland? Well, folks aren't very happy, although there's no one out to the, like the last time when LeBron made the decision to go to the Miami Heat. There's no one out on the streets burning their LeBron jerseys. There's no one uh, uh, saying how much they hate LeBron James. I think they kind of understand, but they are so grateful that LeBron came back and he brought Cleveland a championship two years ago, that uh, the first professional sports championship uh, to Cleveland since 1964 when the Browns won the NFL championship. 2016, the, the Cavaliers won that NBA championship. LeBron brought it to them. So you got to say, although you'd love to have had a few more championships, Cavalier fans, mission accomplished. LeBron brought you that title, and his contribution will forever be remembered. Now what about the actual look of downtown Cleveland? Well, here's a story from the Associated Press. That massive LeBron James banner hanging in downtown Cleveland is going to be removed again following his announcement he's leaving Cleveland. If you've been in downtown Cleveland in recent years, you know what I'm talking about. It's a giant Nike poster. It's 10 stories, a billboard. Shows uh, James wearing his number 23 jersey with his arms spread wide. It's became a landmark in Cleveland. It was removed, of course, in 2010 when he decided to join the Heat. 
But uh, now he's a Laker. A spokesman for Sherwood-Williams, which owns the building where the banner hangs, said that Nike's taking the banner down later this week. Sherwood-Williams is evaluating what to do with the wall on its global headquarters in downtown Cleveland. Well, after learning the billboard was coming down, some people headed over to take pictures in front of it. They wanted to have one last little treat, one last little thrill in front of the LeBron James billboard because it is coming down. Cleveland fans are recovering from losing James for the second time. His jerseys at the uh, Cavs team shop at Quicken's Loans Arena. Well, guess what? You can get them at a discount. They've been reduced by 40%. Uh, so if you want a, a collector's item, you want uh, a bargain, Order your LeBron jersey from the Cavs team shop at Quicken's Loans Arena, 40% off. Maybe in the next week it'll be 50% off. I don't know. We'll find out. But thanks a lot for all you did, LeBron. You did bring that title to Cleveland. Good luck in Los Angeles. Time to take another break here on The Drive. We're just past the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we're going to ask the question, just how much money is WVU Athletics making a lot of different numbers out there we'll let you know now back to the drive with paul swan on espn 94.1 fm and am 9:30. good afternoon bill cornwell sitting in for paul swan here on the drive on the second day of july 2018 it's about 21 before six o'clock of course, uh, Hoppy, not Hoppy, but uh, Tony Caridi and the, the guys from uh, Metro News will be by about 6.05 this evening with uh, their statewide sports line. No doubt they'll be talking a lot about the uh, upcoming uh, golf tournament at the Greenbrier. The military saluted the Greenbrier. The practice rounds got started there today. Big news came out that President Trump will be appearing tomorrow night at the dinner Prior to Wednesday's Pro-Am, the dinner is kind of a pairings party for that. And President Trump's going to be there and say a few words and then, I guess, take off, leave, leave uh, Greenbrier County. But uh, good to have the president coming uh, once again uh, to West Virginia. And it's going to be a, a great tournament this week. So there's a lot of big names there. Uh, Tiger Woods is not going to be there, but uh, a lot of the big names are there. For that tournament. Hey, a reminder about something coming up uh, two weeks from tomorrow. Of course, our sister station, Cat Sports 93 3 and AM 1340, is the home of uh, the uh, Matt Jones Show. And that, of course, is uh, Kentucky Sports Radio, 10 to noon, weekday mornings. And those guys are going to be in Ashland. And we want you to be in the audience with us. For that event, uh, so the uh, guys from Kentucky Sports Radio will be at Blazers in downtown Ashland. That's two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, doing the show statewide live in Ashland. Be our guest. Be there with us. And let's welcome Matt Jones and Ryan Lemon and uh, Drew Franklin and the crew to Ashland at Blazers. Again, that's two weeks from tomorrow, 10 a.m. to noon, Kentucky Sports Radio. Um, along with our friends, our sister station, Cat Sports, 93.3 and AM 1340. Of course, again, the big news uh, locally today, 
Marshall University about a little after four announcing that uh, Jen Steele will not be coming back for a second season as the head softball coach that a nationwide search is underway. They're not saying anything other than the statement that was released. So at only one season, Jen Steele is the softball coach at Marshall. She leads him to a 25-29 and 29 record. Almost uh, two months since the season ended, but uh, now they decide to make the move. Uh, either she'd resigned or uh, she was let go. Well, that, that really wasn't announced in the statement that was released from the Marshall Athletic Department. Well, let's look at the other Division I school in the Mountain State besides Marshall, and of course that is WVU. And there was some interesting word recently about just about how much money West Virginia athletics was making. Now, West Virginia is in a great situation in the Big 12. They All the schools receive some major return from TV um, revenues, other conference revenues, and they share in a lot of money. Now, a report, this is an article from Mike Casaza. A report last week revealed that West Virginia University has one of the most fruitful athletic departments in the country. The USA Today project performed in concert with the Syracuse School of Public Communication showed that WVU had a $21 million profit in its athletics department. Um, is that the truth? Well, yes and no. Uh, one athletic department official said that uh, there's no way that they made $21 million. Uh, they did make a total of $110 million in total, or the budget was $110 million. So there was some uh, confusion about the uh, WVU athletic revenues. Uh, technically, the reporting was good. There's no standardization in cataloging and reporting numbers. The USA Today report used the NCAA's accounting, which is very inclusive. WVU uses federal accounting, which is more realistic. It makes distinctions for money. It does not consider revenue. And the differences create a massive discrepancy. They, make, they did create a massive discrepancy. According to WVU, the actual athletic department project was a healthy, Two and a half million dollars, due in part to debt services in the athletic department. Sam Marone, who is involved with the uh, athletic department in the business operations, he said the hundred and ten million dollars in revenue counts the money that came into the WVU Foundation. That may be people supporting financial aid. That may be a gift. They can be paying on a pledge. You may have pledged 10 years ago to help pay for the basketball practice facility over time, and you made a payment this year, and that goes down as revenue. He says we raise money over time with those pledges, and the pledges come in, and we have to pay off debt services because we have to build the building. It's a capital and a debt thing, which really throws us off. The government reports a truer representation of revenue and operations than the NCAA report. Now, the NCAA report showed that WVU athletic department made $110,565,870 in revenue. That is huge. West Virginia's federal reporting, though, showed $90 million in revenue, $90.5 million in revenue. So that's $20 million difference, uh, just a little under $20 million. 
So the NCAA profit number was $21,367,000. West Virginia's profit number was $2,400,000, a gap of $18 million. So WVU says, no, we're not awash in cash. We're making money, and we're uh, self-supporting, as they like to say up there. So the confusion can be problematic for the Mountaineers. Getting This is according to Mike Casaz's article. He says, if you're seen to be awash with cash, imagine the responses when they continue to actively raise money and ask for financial support. All the athletic departments do it. They say, hey, we need some money for this, we need for that. Just as we mentioned that Marshall is getting ready to have another capital campaign, uh, possibly to build a baseball facility. Well, West Virginia is doing the same thing. But uh, if you're making so much money and or people think you're making so much money and you're coming to them with your handout asking for money, they're going to say, well, you've already got the money. Why do you need us to give you more? So imagine the disbelief when construction renovations needed and the athletic department spends prudently. So that uh, gives West Virginia kind of a, of a tough situation. But you look at it from the big picture. West Virginia's in a catbird seat uh, as far as uh, revenue is concerned. Certainly they don't make the money that the SEC schools make from the SEC network. They don't make the uh, uh, have the big exposure that the SEC schools do. Um, a lot of folks thought that they should have had a Big 12 network somehow or come up with some way to get that going, but uh, that's, that's not happening. But they are making money, and they're making good money. And uh, there's good revenue TV-wise, media-wise, coming to the Big 12. Uh, and that's why West Virginia can still report a $2.5 million profit. It's not the $21 million profit that USA Today is saying that they have. But still, they're making money, and they have uh, money to spare up at WVU. Maybe not the money that some people think they do but they do have money to spare. So, you know, and, and they're doing a good job. And, and uh, certainly, um, be you a West Virginia fan, a Marshall fan, if you're not a, a WVU fan, uh, you, you still are a little envious, number one, that they have the ability to create the revenues they, they do because, as we well know here in Huntington, sometimes it's a struggle for Marshall. Now, uh, Marshall's, uh, rev, their revenues and their finances have improved quite a bit uh, certainly the improvement in the facilities has been outstanding. But uh, there's certainly not the resources that they have up in Morgantown. Sometimes it makes you a little jealous, but, you know, I don't begrudge them anything. They've worked hard to get to the position, and uh, they are in a good spot in the Big 12. So uh, they're not making $21 million in, in profit, but $2.5 million is pretty darn good. So uh, good luck there, for, uh, and uh, congratulations to Athletic Director Shane Lyons and all the folks in the WVU Athletic Department, but they're not making the money that uh, that story last week in the USA Today seems to show that they are making. That is not the case at all. Time for, for one final break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the University of Kentucky's Athletic Director. He got a nice raise, and talk about nice raises or nice contract Marshall grad John Brannon, head basketball coach at NKU. Good news involving him. We're going to be back for one final segment right here on The Drive. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
About seven before the hour of six. Actually, Bill Cornwell has the wheel today. Paul Swan uh, not with us today. Um, I will be here tomorrow as well as today. Later in the week, uh, Adam Spanky Rogers will have uh, the drive uh, Thursday and Friday. We're going to take from the 4th of July off just like everyone else. So uh, looking forward to it. Don't forget tonight uh, here on ESPN 94.1 AM 930, Pirates Baseball. The Buckos will be in Los Angeles opening a series against the Dodgers on the air about 940 this evening here on 94.1 AM 930. And, of course, if you haven't heard the big news uh, today, Marshall looking for a softball coach, uh, releasing a statement about an hour and a half ago uh, that uh, Marshall uh, has uh, parted ways with the softball coach Jen Steele after one season, and a national search is underway to find her replacement. And again, uh, very strange timing for the simple fact that it's been almost two months since the softball season ended. Uh, but for some reason, uh, this uh, decision comes at this time. But we wrap it up, a uh, couple of uh, notes. Congratulations to a Marshall grad who's doing an outstanding job as a college basketball coach. John Brandon signing an extension to coach the Northern Kentucky Norse through the 2021-22 season that announced late last week. He guided the Norse to their first Horizon League regular season title last season and a first NIT appearance in program history. Now, in 2016-17, they won Motor City Madness and made the NCAA tournament in the first season of eligibility. NKU is the first program to achieve that level of success in its first two seasons of Division I postseason eligibility. So that's just outstanding work by John Brandon, his first two years as a head coach, and he's been in postseason both years. Of course, John came from Alabama, where he was an assistant coach, and uh, but he has not missed a beat leading the Norse uh, Quote from John, he says, It's truly an honor to arrive on this campus every day as the head men's basketball coach and representing the Northern Kentucky Greater Cincinnati community. I'd like to thank the athletic director, Ken Bonhoff, and our president, Jerry St. Amon, for their leadership and vision for our program. I'd also like to recognize our players, what they've accomplished the last several years, truly historic. I look forward to working with them every day to continue to add to the success of NKU basketball on and off the court. So uh, John Brandon has had a great start to his career and well-deserving of this uh, contract extension taking him through 2021-2022. We've been talking a lot about money today and a lot about uh, uh, folks who are doing well. Well, what about Kentucky's athletic director, Mitch Barnhart? Well, he got a raise with the start of the new fiscal year yesterday. Starting with the new fiscal year, Mitch Barnhart receiving another increase in pay and a new set of incentives to achieve per a new contract amendment. Uh, The latest amendment to Mitch Barnhart's contract pays the UK official $195,000 more in salary this year than last. It includes yearly increases with a bonanza of new incentives and retention bonuses. Barnhart's most recent contract upgrade before this one happened 
five years ago, 2013, and also was just posted to the university's contracts website, not formally announced. Now, the new contract for Mitch Barnhart provides annual salary increases that can pay Kentucky's top athletics official as much as $1.175 bucks by 2023, not including several add-ons for academic and administrative bitch marks. Not including potential bonuses, Barnhart will make $925,000 this year, puts him squarely in the middle not up in the upper tier, in the middle of salaries among Southeastern Conference athletic directors. Uh, Barnhart, who's the longest-tenured conference AD, new chairman of the SEC athletic directors, is the sixth highest paid among them. And among those who make more money than Mitch Barnhart are two guys who worked for him at Kentucky, Alabama's Greg Byrne and Florida's Scott Strickland. They make more money than their old boss, Mitch Barnhart, Byrne makes $1.23 million a year, followed by Strickland's $1.08 million a year. Uh, other guys who make a million bucks a year, Tennessee's Phil Fulmer just recently got that job. And here's a name that you might recognize. Million-dollar athletic director, Arkansas, Hunter Juracek. Yes, Juracek. That is the father of Ryan Juracek, the former Marshall Outstanding tight end now with the Oakland Raiders uh, as a free agent uh, trying to make uh, their team. But Hunter Juracek, uh, father of Ryan Juracek, in that million dollars a year area as far as athletic directors. There are 17 athletic directors paid more than a million dollars this year, including those four in the SEC, according to the national database. Marnhart's not on track to hit the million-dollar mark in base play for another two years, even with this new contract in place. Now, ways that he can make uh, more money? Well, academic progress. Uh, as, as Marshall makes more, I mean, the Kentucky makes more academic progress, uh, could be more money. Also, uh, if uh, UK does good in national competitions, uh, competitions like the Learfield Directors Cup, that's more money for Mitch Barnhart. Of course, uh, since uh, Barnhart was hired in 2002, He's overseen $300 million in major construction, including the Joe Craft Center, basketball facility that is, the new stadiums for track and field, softball and soccer, the UK Golf House and the Wildcat Coal Lodge. Uh, they spent $126 million to upgrade the football facility, uh, $45 million for the Joe Craft football training facility, $126 million for what is now called Kroger Field, and they're getting ready to open a new baseball stadium at Kentucky. So Barnhart's earned his money. Well, that's going to do it for The Drive on this Monday evening. I'll be back tomorrow night with you at 5.05, and we'll have lots more to talk about. Maybe even an update on that Marshall softball coach situation. Bill Cornwell, thanking uh, my man Gabriel Sellers for running the board. And I'm saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow here on The Drive. station.